0: Hello and welcome to ValorCast, the official podcast of Evangel University. Evangel is a Christian liberal arts university located in Springfield, Missouri, and exists to educate, equip, and empower students who will make a global impact for the gospel in every vocation.
1: As many of our listeners already know, the integration of faith, academics, and life is an essential part of the Evangel experience. God does not call us to live closed off from the world. He invites us to embrace His purposes for us across all walks of life.
0: Through ValorCast, we want to share the stories of those in the Evangel community who are boldly following that call. Each episode will feature uplifting stories from students, faculty and staff members, and alumni, illuminating the ways God is moving through the Valor family, both on campus and in the world. I'm your host, John Spence.
1: And I'm Amariah Fitch.
0: And this is ValorCast.
1: Evangel is first and foremost a Christ centered university, and faith has always been at the center of the culture here. Students encounter God in all facets of the experience here, including in the classroom, chapel services, Devos, and most often through casual interactions with peers and professors.
0: With us today for our Spiritual Life episode is Cecilia Corbin, who plays a key role in the spiritual development of EU students. Cecilia, it is so great to have you. Can you uh, can you start off just by sharing a little bit about yourself, what you do here? Um, maybe your job title?
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Um, As you mentioned, my title is the coordinator of student ministries and discipleship. And really what that looks like is mentoring students. I help train our students who are a part of our student ministries organization, which we call Crosswalk on Mm -hmm. campus. Um, And I really just get to help students get engaged in spiritually transformative community and step into leadership roles uh, within our spiritual life area.
0: Tell us a little bit about how, so that's those are some broad terms. How mm. in like, in practical terms do you empower students and prepare them for leadership? In Absolutely.
2: That's a wonderful question. So within our student ministries organization, we have kind of two emphases. So we have a campus discipleship arm, which means that within their residence halls, students are able to lead small groups and chapels where they're discipling one another, talking about the word, and gathering together. So I help to hire and train the students who step into those leadership roles. And then within our outward-facing arm of Crosswalk, which is really outreach-focused, we have ministries that either engage our community or serve on a national level. So they may travel to churches and host services, and we help train the students who are part of that as well.
1: Now, we'd love to hear about kind of your story of getting on board at Evangel. We know that you were a student and you graduated in 2021. Congratulations. Thank you. And we'd love to hear, like, what made you immediately come on board as a staff member?
2: Stepping into my role was truly such a gift. So previous to being on staff here, I was actually a part of our student ministries organization. So I got to Mm -hmm. serve in Crosswalk as a student throughout my time on campus And then really the door opened for me to step into the role of coordinator of student ministries and serve as the staff advisor for Crosswalk. Mm -hmm. When I reflect on this experience, um, I would say that being a part of student ministries radically changed the trajectory of my own life Mm -hmm. and also my relationship and walk with God and others in community. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of the easiest yeses of my life to Mm -hmm. then get to step into a role where I would be pouring back into the organization that had meant so much to me as a student.
1: Wow!
0: So you've been working for almost two years in this role. How in that time have you seen spiritual life um, and even just something like crosswalk develop?
2: You know, there has really been such a beautiful growth that has taken place over the last few years. One of the things that I would most highlight is that I see a very unique type of hunger for spiritual development within our students at this point at Evangel. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it be in their daily conversations, in their dorms, in the classroom, or just when they're living life with one another, we see that students are gravitating towards having spiritual conversations. Mm -hmm. They are more and more engaged with the word and they are Hungry to integrate spiritual development into all aspects of their life. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that it's not just something they're checking off. They're not just saying, I read my Bible today, Mm -hmm. but they are truly wanting to be changed and transformed by the word Mm -hmm. and also to use their God given gifts to benefit the kingdom and to empower and encourage one another.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important part. you know, all three of us at this table are evangel grads. Mm. And I think we can look back and say, and, and that's why I, you know, we mentioned it at the beginning, the most important and impactful spiritual interactions that I remember are those casual conversations that Mm -hmm. you just happen to have with some guy on your floor at 2am or (laughs) uh, lingering after class. And a professor really applies that uh, day's subject matter to, um, your spiritual walk. And so thank you for, for working to help continue that legacy and that uh, integrated spirituality here at Evangel. Yeah.
1: I can acknowledge that hunger with you. I got breakfast with a group on Saturday of just Evangel students and they their hunger doesn't... Um, doesn't stay on this campus. It doesn't stay with devotionals or a chapel and um, other things that may seem like we're required to go to, um, but it's not just a requirement. It's so much more than that. Um, And I've seen just their hunger surpass, you know, fulfilling those things. For example, um, the students want to start a regular prayer on Tuesday during the chapel hour where we normally have that Mm -hmm. time at 10 o'clock from 10 to 11, just praying for our community, praying for the world around us and cool is it to know that um, what we're developing here isn't something that once you graduate from Evangel is just done, but it's really helping them um, create those disciplines in their own life. Absolutely. And I love that you
2: point that out, Amariah, because what is so valuable about the Spiritual development we're seeing is that students are having a recognition mm-hmm. that it is important for them to grow in their faith, mm-hmm. but they are also really being commissioned to engage their faith in action outside of even Evangel's campus. Mm-hmm. And so we are seeing students develop more and more of a heart for service, for evangelism on a national and global level, mm-hmm. which I think is so powerful in this season.
1: Yeah. And I, as you speak, that even reminds me of a group of freshman guys. I'd don't know if this is on your radar, but they started a homeless ministry Mm -hmm. where they create, like, I believe, care packages and they go out um, into downtown Springfield and they um, talk to them about the gospel and really just create relationships Mm -hmm. with people in the city. Absolutely. And isn't it just so incredible to see that was
2: completely a student initiated. Mm -hmm. So we just saw students who recognized that there was a need and they communicated with one another to meet it and to fill it. And it's those kind of actions that we are just seeing kind of bubble up all across campus, which I just believe is so powerful.
1: We want to ask you, as a mentor to students, what are some unique challenges this generation faces? Does faith hold the answer to any of those issues? I love that question. And that's something,
2: honestly, in my own role that I've been reflecting on a Lot recently. One of the things that I want to start by highlighting is specifically the strengths of this generation. Um, I think that when we talk about the challenges this generation faces, it can sometimes cause us to too quickly surpass their strengths Mm. and what they bring. And so I just want to highlight that. this generation has a, new, a unique set of challenges, yes, but they also bring a unique set of strengths. That's good. I love what Dr. Rake said. I believe it was last year at commencement when he said, you are the answer to the problems of this generation. Mm. I believe that. This is one of the most creative, community-minded generations I think we have ever seen, and that is so much of what they bring to the table, whether that be in the classroom, in their spiritual lives, or just on campus. Um but to kind of shift our focus towards some of the challenges they face number one i would say that they have a constant um, front row seat really to some of the chaos and the brokenness in the world Mm -hmm. so we talk about social media a lot and i want to highlight that and hopefully add maybe a nuance that we don't always get to discuss so when you think about social media for better or for worse, is highly integrated into the fabric of young adults' lives. Mm -hmm. You think about now when you apply for jobs, that is done primarily through digital platforms. So for a lot of them, they feel like to be successful, to meet their goals, to remain in community, social media has to be an integral part of that. Mm -hmm. The flip side of this is that they are unable to get away from some of the chaos and brokenness and messiness that we see in the world. So unlike generations before them, they have a front row seat to um, to war, to brokenness, to challenge, to um, sometimes media that they wouldn't even typically want to engage. Mm-hmm. But it feels necessary because community and um even pathways to success are so deeply intertwined with social media. Mm. Um, We also know that we have a mental health crisis in America. And so this generation has really, I think, had to bear the brunt of that in some ways. You think about in high school, our students were the people that their friends were leaning on when they were really struggling. And that's so valuable, but it's also a unique type of weight Mm -hmm. to bear as they are in the midst of their own development. So those are two things I would specifically highlight as challenges that we are seeing um, grow in a way that generations before them may not have experienced.
1: Right. I'd love to ask a follow up question, because one thing that I've noticed is sometimes your weakness in some ways can be a strength and vice versa. Um, the challenges that we face or the things we go go through kind of equip us in other areas. Mm-hmm. So maybe could you share how you've seen maybe them having that front row seat to the world and to the brokenness, mm-hmm. how there's kind of on the flip side, how that has equipped them in some ways. Absolutely.
2: I love that, Amariah. Um, I think that is such an important perspective that those of us who have really the privilege of getting to engage this young adult group need to remember Mm -hmm. is that these experiences have cultivated incredible strength in them. So first I would comment that I believe this is one of the most compassionate generations that we've Mm -hmm. ever seen. So by bearing witness to brokenness they have become empathetic in a way that is deep and has a breadth and really communicates human dignity to the people that they serve. I think um, they are creative, so they are looking at how can I be of service, how can I meet a need, how can I respond to what I see in ways that are creative and unique and might be outside of normal systems that already exist. So we talk about innovation on campus often. They are incredible innovators, mm-hmm. and they are finding new ways to, I think, really represent the love of Jesus and the gospel to people who need that desperately um, in ways that are, more, that are different and more accessible than we've seen in years past.
0: Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about mental, the mental health crisis. Now, you, um, as some may know, are also pursuing a master's in mental health counseling, correct?
2: Yes, I am.
0: So how how do you see the relationship between spirituality and good, best practice, research-informed psychology playing out?
2: You know, something that I've really come to value is that more and more I think we are understanding those around us and one another in a much more integrated fashion than we have in years past. So um, I really believe that we are coming to recognize the value of good wellness and health practices alongside spiritual development, and students are very apt to integrate those two things. So most practically, my mind is immediately drawn to spiritual disciplines as a means of Yes, spiritual growth, but also wellness. So, I have more students than I ever encountered, uh, even when I was on campus, who are actively engaged in practices like Sabbath, solitude, silence, time away from community, and are aware of the necessity of both physical and spiritual rest Mm. and we're seeing that that is actually creating a longevity Mm -hmm. so they are combating some of the mental health challenges that their generation faces they are combating burnout and overwork by doing that and really um are more able to remain in their leadership roles and their places of service long term as a result Mm. of that and are finding that they are more internally regulated as a result.
0: It sounds like those practices are helping them almost build a foundation like we right now um, in our cultural moment we've seen over the past several years several major leaders in the evangelical world fail spectacularly Mm -hmm. and beyond just mistakes but patterns of unhealthy behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we examine some of those individuals, we can say, oh, you were just put into leadership, but mm-hmm. didn't have any training or any um, any practices that helped you establish a firm foundation mm-hmm. that was not only gospel-oriented, but that was healthy and um, equitable. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like students are by engaging in these things early, they're actually working toward building that foundation for the future.
2: Absolutely, and I think you bring up a good point because you're absolutely right. They have seen, um, unfortunately, spiritual leaders fall and have challenges and, and unfortunate struggles. And the wonderful thing is they look at that and they go, I know that that is not the path I want to take, so Mm -hmm. what do I do to shift my own trajectory? And these spiritual disciplines and practices that they're engaging in are really creating a grounding point. So um, when they are uncertain of what to do, when they are trying to learn how to discern or even just to be grounded in moments that can can be turbulent. Mm-hmm. These are things that they can return to mm-hmm. that help engage them in the word, that help mm-hmm. um, them become attuned to the mm-hmm. work of the Holy Spirit in their lives and really help to recenter them. I think that is building a really beneficial foundation in so many of our leaders to be able to remain in their roles, to mm-hmm. be able to stay in the places that God is Calling them to and to do that successfully mm-hmm. without compromising their own health, integrity, and well-being to do it.
1: I really like how you highlight just the disciplines and really mentioned Sabbath because I think mm-hmm. Sabbath is really countercultural. Um, in our our world today, it's just we almost compete in how busy we are. It's like, oh, what do you have to do today? Absolutely. Or it's like, oh, I had to do all this and that, you know. And if we pause for a moment, we almost feel guilty, like. Mm-hmm oh I feel like I need to be doing something there's this this rush and this chaos and I, I'm reading this book by um, John Mark Comer. So Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, I've read that. And I'm um, also doing, um, he has a program called Practicing the Ways, and it talks about um, Sabbath. And one thing that he mentioned was that um, people who regularly Sabbath, um, they will, can add up to 11 years on their life. And so y'all better add a Sabbath day to your week, you know, if you want to live a little longer, um, but how you mentioned that we've seen so many many leaders, um, just fail and we are breaks to see them do that, but it's because we normally don't rest until we need to, you know, we normally don't stop until we hit, you know, burnout, but in the word, it's not Sabbath. Isn't just a suggestion. It's a commandment, you know? And so I really love how we're, how you mentioned that we're helping students establish those disciplines here and now. Absolutely, Amariah.
2: I love that you brought up that book. Mm-hmm. I have read that book for two years with our leadership team, and mm-hmm. we have found it to be so encouraging and edifying for us. And if I can expound on some of what you've said, you remember in The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry that John Mark Comer really conceptualizes Sabbath as two things, rest and worship. Mm-hmm. And those are the two guiding principles for how we engage the Sabbath and the activities that we practice on it. When you think about that, what could be a better place to begin our week, to begin our activity than grounded in rest Mm -hmm. so that we are able to work from the Sabbath and not to it Mm -hmm. and to engage our creator, to relish the beauty that he has created um, in nature and, and him and everything that is around
0: us. You know, I think that's crucial. Um, starting your week, starting your foundation for going into work, into vocation. Um, in that Sabbath, I think so many churches also practice having the Sabbath as the same day as their church service, mm. um, where they're getting the ministry of the word. And if you're in a church that practices sacraments like, Uh, communion regularly you're being fed um Mm -hmm. that way um and i think we don't always have a good healthy understanding of like life isn't this race that you're constantly trying to beat everyone else it's almost a dance of your own where you're creating this beautiful Mm -hmm. thing and through the power of the holy spirit kind of guiding you you may fall and you may have missteps but you're Really, creating something that testifies to the glory of God, and I may be mixing my analogies or metaphors there, but um, I think, I think that's crucial. And and another thing, and this kind of leads into the next question, Mm. but thinking about the word, the Scripture as life, Mm -hmm. um, as something where, in addition to our rest in our Sabbath, our mind is clear to hear what God wants to speak to us through the ministry of the word, through reading scriptures and having them unpacked by um, a pastor or a preacher, Mm. um, it's crucial to understand what God is speaking through those scriptures. And we're seeing, uh, there was this study back in, I think 2017 published by Lifeway uh, that shows that there's this real problem with biblical literacy. Um, Just reading here, it says one in five churchgoers say they never read the Bible, and over 40% say they read it only occasionally. And to me, at least, Evangel is in a really prime place to combat that because we're with 18 to 22-year-olds, with some exceptions, Mm -hmm. and helping them establish those uh, practices that they can go on and continue when they're in busier life. So how is Evangel Mm -hmm. combating this problem of biblical illiteracy uh, here at the university?
2: That's a great question, and this is an important one. That issue of lack of biblical engagement or scripture engagement and illiteracy is something that um, I feel very aware of in my role, and also I think our team has really discussed how do we help students engage scripture. So just a few practical pieces. Um, We have... Floor devotionals on campus, which means that every student in every residence hall has the opportunity to attend a Devo or really a small group each week where they are going to have the opportunity to engage scripture and also connect in community. Um, Last semester, we introduced the Bible Engagement Project, which is an app on students' phones that they are able to use to unpack scripture. So that looks like um, a passage of scripture with explanation, some context, and questions that they can debrief through. This is very easy for them to utilize. It's accessible because it's an app and it's a way that we can begin to get students who may not even know how to approach the Bible um, engaged with it and utilizing it on a daily basis. The personal reading um, devotions that they have in that app are 10 minutes a day and so it's something that is quick and easy for them. But I also think on a larger scale, really what we're working to do, and I think Evangel does this very well because of um, our value for faith integration, is helping students understand that this is not just a dusty old book on the shelf. Right. That in here you have your guidebook for life and you Mm. also have the testimonies of people just like you Mm -hmm. who have gone ahead of you who have walked the walk and responded to the voice of the Holy Spirit and we get to see what God has done in them and because we have their testimony we also build our faith that mm-hmm. he can use our lives to do similar that's
0: things. so good mm-hmm.
2: um, and so i think it's really again in our daily conversations with students we're helping cultivate that value by saying tell me what the Lord is speaking to you through his word. Tell me who, who do you feel like your story is similar to in scripture? What parallels are you drawing and what does that mean for your life? And then in chapel and in devos and in individual conversations with mentors, they're having the opportunity to really unpack scripture and make life application. Um, and I think, that is creating a change that means that students recognize that scripture is not just a book I'm reading. It's something that's going to activate my life and bring clarity to the questions that I have, Mm -hmm. but also help point me in the direction of my purpose and the calling that God has on my life.
1: That's so powerful. And I truly believe that being a strong leader isn't just being a strong leader, it's also raising strong leaders. And I know that I've been able to see um, just the fruit of your life as a student, but now as a fellow, um, fellow employee. And I'd love to hear, because I think for me... Um, personal application is huge, and if you could just share, maybe in your own life, how you've developed the the discipline of reading your word, how you mm-hmm. approach the word and your time with the Lord, I feel like that can be something that's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. So, in a world where we struggle with biblical literacy, how what would be your advice to our listeners in in, in approaching their time mm-hmm. with the Lord?
2: I love that question. So. The first thought that immediately came to mind is I think it's important that we begin to combat the stigma that I think some students or young people experience around Bible reading. So I know that in my own um, maybe upbringing in church and in just faith culture, I felt this challenge or I felt like I was taught that bible reading needed to look like me spending 40 minutes in a chair at 4 a.m mm. and that felt so inaccessible and unattainable for me mm-hmm. and really what that was directed at was a discipline but it wasn't about the relationship and right. it wasn't about the development that that cultivates so my first piece of advice is just to let that go um, and to reshape what we view as the purpose. Now, I believe in biblical literacy. I believe in knowing the Word, and because we're transformed by the Word. But ultimately, scripture reveals to us the character of God and Mm. through scripture we know him better. Mm -hmm. So I read my Bible, yes, to learn about the narrative of uh, Christian history and scripture and to learn Bible stories. But really I come because I want to know my father. I want to know my creator. Mm -hmm. And that's what shapes how I engage it. So um, I think starting in that place Mm. and then With any discipline, we know that we have to start in a way that's accessible and we build from there. So to the student who says, I can't do 40 minutes, great, do 10 today. 10 minutes at 8.20 before you're going to your 8.30 (laughs) class. Right. If you need to walk on the treadmill and read your Bible, if you need to do that in your hammock in the afternoon in between homework, great. Take the 10 minutes, read your Bible, um... Start in a place that you feel semi-familiar with. So you don't need to start in Ezekiel or in Isaiah. That's okay. You know? Um, You can begin in the Psalms. And just begin to ask the Lord, okay, here's a text. What might you want to draw my attention to? And continue doing that. And I will bet you anything. Not a betting girl. But I I would... Um, suppose that it's very likely that that is going to be a refreshing and restorative experience for you. And then you keep coming back, not because you have to do it, but because you want to do it. Mm. And scripture becomes the grounding place Mm -hmm. and one of the guidebooks for your life. And so then eventually what felt like something you had to force yourself to do is something that you don't want to go your day without doing.
0: That's so good. And, And we're about out of time, but I want to conclude by asking you, as you uh, sit and think ahead to the years to come uh, as you consider uh, the future of integration of academics and campus life and spirituality here at Evangel, and maybe even more broadly in Christian education. Do you see that changing? How do you see it adapting? And, uh, and, or do you see it stay, staying the same? Uh, what, what do you see the future of spirituality combined with education being?
2: I'm so proud to work at Evangel because I believe that the way we help students integrate faith and education is impeccable. Um, So I want to affirm that. I think there's a lot of it that's going to stay the same. And I think that's valuable, and I hope that it does. I hope, um, I was reflecting on this as just last week, and I was thinking, I cannot remember a class where I didn't have a professor pray with me at some point or pray for our class. I hope that never changes. Mm. Um, I cannot recall a class that I took where at some point in that course, our professor asked us what this was stirring in us as it relates to our faith and our spirituality. I hope that never changes. Mm. I do think that evangel is helping students make even more of those applications in their lives. So I think we are seeing that students who may have began taking a course and just thought, I need to get through this for my degree, because of the experiences surrounding their education, like chapel, like devos, like these one-on-one discipleship conversations, are beginning to make that link even stronger. And that's what I hope we see grow. I hope that Um, more and more, everybody who is on this campus, whatever their role may be, begins to recognize the parallel between their vocation and what they may be prepared for Mm -hmm. and their faith. And Mm -hmm. that we as a community make these spiritual conversations and spiritual growth even more normative than Mm -hmm. it already is on Campbell. That we recognize that each and every one of us is commissioned to be a spiritual leader and to invest Mm -hmm. in the spiritual culture and climate of what evangelists campus looks like, whether that is in the domain of academia, whether it's in student development or in business and finance, mm. that we begin connecting all of those disciplines mm-hmm. even more than we do right now. And that's how I believe that we're going to continue to grow. And I think that's the direction that we are heading.
1: Thank you, Cecilia, for taking the time just to share your heart and Granite's perspective on so many different areas of our life, but also what God is doing here at Evangel. One thing that I'm reminded of as you're talking is, that i think it oftentimes we can categorize ministry and that really ministry is everyday life you know Absolutely. and that's in every kind of job it doesn't matter whether you're a, a school teacher or you know you like you mentioned finance or if you're doing something in the business world i think every day the lord invites us to ask him god what's my mission today you know who do you want me to talk to who do you want me to pray with what does that look like and i love that here at evangel we're challenged to do that And so thank you for being part of uh, developing us and being a part of this community. We're so grateful for you. Thank you. So wonderful to be here. Thank you for listening to this episode of ValorCast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating.
0: ValorCast is hosted by John Spence and Amariah Fitch and is a production of EU's Marketing and Communications Department in partnership with KECC, Evangel's student-led radio station. The podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by Jordan Spence, who also composed and produced the show's intro and credits music.
1: You can follow Evangel University on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us online at evangel.edu.